to help me.
Jesus. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. David, dear. Yes, Abigail? You're sad, despondent. You seem depressed. Why? Problems, I guess. Indecisions, doubts, uncertainty. Is there any way I can help? (laughs) You are a help to me, Abigail, in more ways than one. Understanding, sympathy, and warmth. You're a true wife, dear, and... and I just don't know what to do now that King Saul is dead. Should I or should I not proclaim myself king? If I don't, Abner or someone else might step in and take the crown. Trouble might ensue. If I do, there are those who might say I'm forcing myself upon Israel. God chose you as the next king, and you have been thus anointed. May I make a suggestion, David? (laughs) Of course. Take your problems to God and let him solve them. He'll give you an answer. Thanks, Abigail. You are a true wife, a comforter and a help in times of trouble. God of Israel, shall I go up into any of the cities of Judah, or shall I remain here in Ziklag? Go up. Whither shall I go up, O Lord? Go unto Hebron. I'm so proud of you, David. Soon you shall be king, king of Israel. Just think of it. And you were chosen by God himself. But it's a great responsibility, and it weighs heavy upon my shoulders. But with God's help and blessing, I will fulfill my duties with dispatch and justice. And with this oil, the authority of God and the will of the people, I anoint thee, David, son of Jesse, as king, king of the tribe of Judah. Long live the king! Long live the king! Meanwhile, in another part of Israel, General Abner is talking to another group. My dear fellow Israelites, as you well know, I am the most distinguished man in Israel today. Yet I have no undue ambitions for myself. I would not think to declare myself king as that, uh, well, that David has just done in Hebron. Rather, I proclaim that the rightful heir to the throne of Saul is his son, Ishbosheth. great pleasure and the assurance of your support and loyalty that I herewith and now proclaim Ishbosheth king, king of all Israel. Long live King David. Yes, Joab. I am delighted to inform his majesty that the people of Judah promise to remain true to you and your crown, even though the son of the former king sits on the rival throne in Mehanaim. The people shall work and pray without ceasing for the success of his majesty's reign. Oh, thank you, Joab. And thank the people, too, will you? As you wish, your majesty. Joab, you and I have gone through much together. We've fought and worked and prayed together. 
You've been a great help and comfort to me, and a powerful, hard-working general. Uh, the same thing can be said of Abner, King Saul's commander-in-chief. Through long association with Saul, Abner no doubt has the same feeling of hate for me that Saul had. So I... <laughs> and I expect, Joab, that we'll have trouble with Abner. If His Majesty will only forget the matter, his general will take care of Abner if and when the necessity arises. Thank you, Joab. Abner, Isbosheth's general, wishes to meet me at the Pool of Gideon? That is the message I was to give you, sir. But why? Why does he want me to meet him there? I know only, sir, what I was told, that you are to bring with you a regiment of the young men of David's army. Ah, a championship bout. Tell Abner I'll be there with the best champions of all David's army, if he has the courage to be there. Have you chosen your champions? I have. And you, Abner, son of Satan. Uh, let the young men now arise, then, and enter into a test of strength. Let them at it. All right, men, up and at them for King David and Judah. Are your twelve ready, Abner? I twelve are ready. One, two, three, four, go! <laughs> Twenty-four are slain. Each slew his opponent. Nothing is decided, Abner, son of evil. So, shall we engage in battle? Twelve are of equal strength. So, Joab, foolish general of a foolish king, we shall face each other in actual combat. Into the fray, man! For God and countrymen, subdue Abner and his men. Forward! And there was a sore battle that day, and Abner was beaten and his army before the servants of David. Well, we beat them. Abner's on the run. I'm going after him, Joab. May I? You're a fast runner, Asahel. You should be able to overtake him. Permission granted. Thank you, brother. The fastest runner in all Israel. Asahel, my brother. He'll catch Abner. <laughs> Someone's following me. Whoever it is, he's a fast runner. Aren't you, aren't you Asahel, brother of General Joab? I am Asahel. Uh, why, why don't you pursue one of the, the young armor bearers and, and take the armor for yourself? I'm after, after you, Abner, and I'll get you, so you better run fast. Uh, seriously, I guess I had better. Can't outdistance him. He's a he's a fast runner. Hey, Sahel, why don't you pursue someone else? I told you, I'm after you. If you come one step nearer, I'll smite you to the ground. And how could I ever face your your brother Joab if I slew his younger brother? I'm coming after you, Abner. Oh, come on. You were with Saul so long that you have become like he was, headstrong, evil, and. Uh, uh, Next time, Joab had better send a man. <laughs> and they took up Asahel and buried him in the sepulcher of his father in Bethlehem. And 
There was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David, but David became stronger and stronger, while the house of Saul became weaker and weaker. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to add these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. recess. I also love eating lunch under this tree with all my friends. And since all my friends are busy doing something else, I'll just have to eat lunch with you. Oh, you're very kind. Let me ask you a question. You and I are trying to be healthy, right? Right. We exercise, drink water, get eight hours of sleep at night, and breathe as much fresh air as we can, right? Right. What about our food? How do I know if my mom packed me a healthy lunch? I mean, she loves me and would never do anything to make me sick, but maybe she doesn't know how to make healthy lunches. Well, she can do what my mom does. What? My mom uses the Bible to decide what I should eat. Your mom packs you lots of loaves and fishes? (laughs) No. She told me that when God made this world, he created just what everybody needed to be healthy. Adam, Eve, the animals, everybody ate the same things. Really? What did they eat? Oh, fruits, grains, nuts, seeds, and mangoes. I love mangoes. It's all right there on Genesis. So if we eat what God created for us to eat, we will be healthy? As healthy as we can be, I guess. I mean, God knew what we needed. It makes sense that he put good things in nature for us to eat. Well, let me see what my mom packed for me. Lettuce and tomato sandwich and whole wheat bread. Some carrot sticks. An apple. And for dessert? homemade cookies with nuts in them. Hey, I think my mom did a pretty good job. God would be proud. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, he established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. 
This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists.
boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Today's story is Chapter 2, Pearl of Great Price. Even though Ryan wasn't one of the shoebox kids, Chris had no trouble convincing him to come along to church the next day. Ryan had often visited the shoebox, and everyone knew him there. And when Chris suggested they ask the others about buried treasure, Ryan had to be there. But somehow, to Chris, talking about buried treasure at church didn't seem like the right thing to do. Church was for talking about things like God and prayer, not about everyday things like buried treasure. But Ryan didn't think the same way. Before they were even through singing, Ryan was talking full speed about the missing money and about what he would do with his share of the treasure. Ryan, we're ready to begin our lesson, Mrs. Shu said with a smile. Ryan was ready too. Mrs. Shu, does the Bible ever talk about buried treasure? Enough, Ryan, whispered Chris. That's a good question, Ryan, Mrs. Shu picked up her Bible. As a matter of fact, it talks about treasure in several places. My favorite story is part of our lesson this week. Open your Bibles and turn to Matthew 13, 44 and 45. She read, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Cool, said Ryan. That's what we'll do. We'll find the treasure, then take it in and get the money and buy up all the land it was on. No, that's not what she read, said Maria, Chris's older sister. The man found the field, but it belonged to someone else. So he sold everything he had and bought the land where the treasure was buried. That way, the treasure belonged to him. Why not just take the treasure and forget about buying the land, Ryan asked. You're missing the point, Maria said. Kids, kids, please, Mrs. Shue said. There's more. She continued reading. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. That's dumb, Ryan said. I don't understand that. The point is, Mrs. Shue said, that both these people found something more valuable than anything else they owned. So they sold all their goods, animals, and even their homes to buy this thing that was so valuable. Was Jesus talking about real treasures? Willie Teller asked from his wheelchair in the back row. Yes, Willie. He was talking about treasure, the treasure of heaven. Mrs. Shue looked over the seven kids in front of her. How many of you have been baptized? Four kids, Willie, Maria, Sammy, and Jenny raised their hands. Do you think it was important for you? They nodded, and Jenny raised her hand. I think it was the best day ever. Why, asked Ryan, because you got to go swimming at church? He snickered, but no one joined him. Chris suddenly felt embarrassed. No, because I showed everybody that I loved Jesus. I loved him enough to let him save me and take me to heaven with him. Ryan was quiet. Sammy raised his hand. I got baptized because I wanted to be a church member just like my parents were and my grandparents are. Maria spoke up. I was baptized because I wanted a new life as a Christian. The pastor told me your sins are buried in the water. Mrs. Shue smiled at their comments. Very good answers, kids. Baptism is sort of like the pearl of great price. It's only valuable if you see it that way. I'm glad you understand it. The pastor asked me to tell you that another baptismal class will be starting here in two weeks. Chris, Dee, think about joining Pastor Hill if you're interested. Ryan, you're welcome to join the baptismal class, too. Ryan's lip curled up. No way, he muttered under his breath. That's dumb. Chris felt his face growing red. Dee Dee spoke up. I've been wanting to be baptized ever since the others were. Sure, I'll join. She nudged Chris. How about you, Chris? Chris wanted to hide. He felt embarrassed by Ryan's actions and didn't know what to say. I, I, I don't know. 
That's okay, Mrs. Shu said quietly. You don't have to decide today. The lesson went on, and after a few minutes, Chris and Ryan relaxed and joined in. Before everyone knew it, it was time to join the adults in the sanctuary. Chris, Ryan, you're welcome to have the shoebox kids over at my house tonight to discuss your treasure hunt if you'd like, Mrs. Shu said as they got up to leave. I'll make treats. That sounds like a great idea, Chris said, but inside he wasn't so sure. Everybody else seemed happy about getting together, but Chris felt confused. How did he feel about baptism? Was it like Mrs. Shu had described it, his pearl of great price? Or did he care more about a treasure buried somewhere in Mill Valley? you have heard today is a chapter of the shoebox kids book one the mysterious treasure map it was written by jerry d thomas and used with permission from the pacific press publishing association if you're interested in any other books published by the seventh day adventist church please visit adventistbookcenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955 This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come, please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.